happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Here is a quick announcement for everyone. Our September heart-centered and passion-driven inspiration for better living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their family, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. And I want to wish everyone a very good morning. This is Johnny Tan author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. And by the way, our September's theme is Fall, a Season of Reflection and Reset. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the CEO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to Inspirations for a Better Living Dot com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Tammy Heather. Tammy is a Midwesterner lady who traded in her 30-year accounting career in 2018 to reinvent herself as a writer. Somehow, she was able to utilize her Bachelor's of Business Administration in Accounting from Wichita State University to meticulously articulate and arrange the alphabet to give rise to a series of extraordinary writing projects. Referred to as the bashful storyteller by one of her writing peers, Tammy writes essays about being a migrant warrior for WebMD and publishes life stories as a baby boomer for the National Association of Baby Boomer Women, and Baby Boomer ORG. Biz Catalyst 360 and Medium have also published Tammy's work. Tammy is also one of our featured contributors to our Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her empowering story, a 47-year-old Mother's Day gift in our Lovingly Parenting Our Parents section. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Tammy and I will be talking about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Walking Old Roads, a memoir of kindness rediscovered. Good morning, Tammy. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I am doing great today. I am so happy to be on your show this morning. Wonderful, wonderful. It is exciting to have you with me. Definitely a pleasure. Walking Old Roads, a memoir of kindness rediscovered is a beautifully crafted book. It is extremely engaging and an excellent reminder of what joy and kindness is all about. I also love the various photos shared in the book to top it off. So congratulations on this release. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad you like it. Oh, it's beautifully done. Beautifully done. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your present moment. Okay. Well, I grew up in rural Kansas, kind of the epitome of small-town America. I, um, my graduating class in high school had 39 people in it, and we were one of the big classes. So <laughs> very small town. And after high school, I attended Wichita State University, 
and acquired my accounting degree and started working in a CPA firm that was about an hour and a half from my hometown. Um, I didn't get married until I was 30 years old. And since then, I've developed my accounting career from staff accountant to controller, and I've enjoyed a very blessed life with my husband, Brad, um, and our cats. We have a couple of cats. And I retired from accounting and found a new life in the world of words. And that's kind of where I am today. Fantastic. Wonderful. Who were the major influences in your life growing up? Uh, The major influencers in my life were my mom, my maternal grandmother, and my big brother. They were the major people that I was involved with in my childhood, the ones that I spent the most time with. And I, I just have always loved mom's energy and enthusiasm for whatever it is she's doing. And Grandma Maggie... She was just the the picture of practicality and contentment when I was growing up. And they both taught me a whole lot about how to take care of myself no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my brother and I, um, we, we got along really well. We were three years apart. And I guess I was always a little bit leaning towards the tomboy side. So we always got along really well as kids. So he was really my very first best friend. And to this day, Mm -hmm. I just find it so easy to talk to him about anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. And of course, I guess growing up uh, in a small town and close-knit family from that perspective. I remember when I first came to the United States, my uh, Italian foster family lives in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And so that's a small town, population Mm -hmm. 24,000. And I think they don't change the sign. How about that? (laughs) 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 24,000. It's like, stay away, okay? We're cool right here. We don't want people to move in. But anyway, I really enjoy the Midwestern kind of uh, feel. Uh, I think that's the, the the beauty of it. And then we have some relatives up in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is right by Kansas. Uh-huh. And that was really wonderful because the uh, when I was there visiting, it was funny because this is way back then where their neighbors are practically like to call the neighbors is long distance because the the system, the way it works. <laughs> They don't have that much technology out there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I remember a long, long time ago, we actually had party lines. So you'd have to pay mm-hmm. attention to the the way the phone rang to know if it was for you or for uh-huh. somebody else who had the same number. That really wow. goes back. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, yeah, it's not I, that way anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard about that. That's true. My my. Uh, yeah. my uh, my my foster mom, uh, Italian foster mom, it told me about because she was from Kansas, in that area, okay. and so it was really funny because she was telling me all the old stories, you know, and uh-huh. so it was really really fun. Uh, that was very interesting. When you look at your life, why did you pursue a degree in business accounting? Well, you know, I had a a bookkeeping class in high school, and I really Mm -hmm. had a lot of fun in that class. And I've always 
been really good with numbers. They mm-hmm. they just seem to come naturally to me for some reason. Math has always been my thing, and the adults <laughs> in my life during high school, they they recognized that as well, and they kept telling me, "You're good with numbers. You should be an accountant." And then some of the women told me that I could do tax preparation from my home when I had kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even though I was skeptical about the kid part, uh, <laughs> I did agree. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I'm going to have to date somebody first, and that wasn't happening. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was skeptical about the kid part, but the numbers, that did come naturally for me. So it kind of made sense. I mean, I, I even have medals from high school math contests. So it seemed like a fairly natural course for me to head towards. That's interesting, though. Very, very interesting. And any of your family members were in accounting, or is this something that's uniquely you? No, it was uniquely me. In fact, um, I only had one other cousin who had even gone to college, so I was only mm. the second one in the family to yeah. go to college. So, so no, I really... I think it was just the fact that I was good with numbers that made everybody think that, which is interesting <laughs> because really accounting mm-hmm. is just adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing. You don't really do complex math yeah, in accounting. Yeah. So really people should have been saying, you should be an engineer. You should be an architect, <laughs> right, something like that. Right. But that wasn't typically what people thought of for girls back then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. What was yeah. the most exciting memory you have from the 30 years of being in an accounting career? It's hard to think of accounting in terms of exciting. But, <laughs> but, hey, I'm being facetious here, you know? <laughs> I think the most exciting thing that I can remember uh-huh. was probably when I was performing an internal audit. I worked for a hotel management company. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I was performing an internal audit at one of the properties, and I discovered that one of the managers had stolen some money. And it wow. wasn't even very much. It was just, you know, maybe $1,000. It wasn't mm-hmm. a whole lot, mm-hmm. but that was that was kind of an exciting thing that, you know, that my work had uncovered that. I'm sure he wasn't real thrilled about it. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right, though. What's interesting is that when you talk about a major, I would think, from that perspective, because people think numbers, numbers, right? But then to find a thousand dollars under those circumstances is like finding a needle in the haystack, though. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole point of auditing, really, is to one yeah. to make sure that everything is done correctly, and then secondly to find anything that might be inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. So, very, very interesting. So, I mean, it was it was kind of exciting to know that what I was doing had made a difference <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> That's good. That's really cool. That's really cool. How did writing come into your daily equation of all the things that you're supposed to do? Well, it wasn't something that I just woke up one day and decided, oh, I'm going to write. It was uh, much more gradual than that. I mean, when I retired from accounting, I knew I wanted to do something else, but I didn't immediately know what I wanted to pursue. So I took a year off and took care of projects around the house and gave it a lot of thought. And I figured out that I enjoyed working from home and I, mm-hmm. I liked being my own boss and 
really liked being able to make my own schedule. And at the same time, my mom was going through some health issues. So I was spending Mm -hmm. a lot more time with her and we did a lot of reminiscing. And I started to think about how I wasn't going to have anyone to reminisce with in my elder years because my husband and I had made the conscious decision years ago not to have kids. Mm-hmm. So I was in this weird place where I was looking back and looking forward kind of at the same time. And just this moment popped into my head. And I remembered something that my high school English teacher had written on one of my essays. Mm-hmm. She said, I love the way you write. And of course, the teenage me had not read that <laughs> statement yeah. as an opportunity. Right, you know, right. But the adult me heard that in my head and thought, hmm, maybe this is a path I didn't take that I could pursue now. And so I started talking to my husband about it, and he knew about medium.com. Mm-hmm. So I investigated that, and I started writing some essays and publishing it on Medium, and then just just kind of progressed from that. Very interesting. That's really wonderful. Did the 30 years of experiential knowledge contribute to your writing career? Oh, of course. I think it it, it did. Uh, I think experience of any kind contributes mm-hmm. a great deal to anything we do, and particularly writing. You know, when you're able to look back at old memories, with the knowledge that you've acquired from experience, it kind of helps you to understand the importance of some of those, even the tiniest of events that happened when you were a kid. So it it allows you to, to apply a different perspective to a memory. Very and I think that's very valuable when it comes to writing personal essays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. So, Again, when you look at the situation, I mean, as a kid, we try a little bit of everything, right? Because life is a buffet line, and then you sort of uh, gravitate towards numbers. You enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And then you were in the analytical world, so to speak. How did writing help you morph into the new you? Um, It was... It was not a transition that happened overnight, and I have to say, I didn't go into it. Yeah. I didn't go into it thinking it was going to change me at all. Mm. You know, I really, I was just looking for a way to exercise my brain as mm-hmm. I get older, and and maybe make a little extra money for our household. And mm-hmm. I really didn't think it was going to be that impactful, or that I was going to change that much. So it was definitely a gradual process. And as I learned more and more about writing techniques and delve deeper into the emotional side of me, as opposed Mm -hmm. to the analytical side of me, the writing just, it sort of became a bigger and bigger part of my day-to-day activities. And even though I don't necessarily write every day, some people say that they, they just don't feel like their day is complete unless they write something in, but I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. write every day, but I think about it every day, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's something that I never did before. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. So you basically started like a new journey in your life, basically. Yeah. Kind of without even realizing I was doing it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
But then once I got going, I thought, wow, I kind of, I kind of really dig this new path. And so mm-hmm. I started to, to look at it more seriously and figure out, well, how can I make it something bigger? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Interestingly enough, you've mentioned that you never really write every day. So huh. journaling is not part of your repertoire, so to speak, growing up or even while you were doing the accounting stuff. Right, right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do any writing at all other than accounting writing, which there's more yeah. writing in that than you would think. Right. But yeah, I mean, I do have a journal once I started writing. I got a little journal and I I do jot things down in it because I am getting older and I do forget things. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if I think of something, it's like I have to go write it down because 15 minutes from now I might be telling myself, <laughs> what was it that I just thought of? So I do have a journal that I do jot things down in very randomly. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So it's like I took that on vacation with me. So if something happened, I could jot it down while it was fresh in my mind. But it's it's not anything that's polished or well written. It's just very random sentences, phrases, words. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But that's good though because it's sort of like all of a sudden you are into this new journey and mm-hmm. you're equipping yourself with the tools, for lack of a better term. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's it's I would have to say that I've actually been studying writing. Mm. Really. It, it is that much of a learning process. Very, very interesting. So Please share with us some of the various topics of essays you have written for the various publications. Okay, well, when I started with Medium.com and BizCatalyst mm-hmm. 360, they were just random essays. I mean, mm-hmm. they could be, I would write one about childhood, and then maybe the next one would be about something that happened yesterday. So it might have been about how I was raised or some specific event from my youth, or it might've been an interaction that I had with a neighbor. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I mean, just anything. And um, I did a few migraine related articles in there too, just whatever happened uh, mm-hmm. and whatever, it, like a conversation that I had with my mom might, bring up a topic but it was all very very random at first and um and then i got um, an email from someone at webmd about writing migraine blogs for them they you know they have had yeah. medical personnel writing articles for webmd forever and they started this new project a couple years ago where they wanted to get the patient perspective on sure. various illnesses Mm-hmm. so that the reader could get a, a more well-rounded view of their mm-hmm. illness. So not just at the textbook um, doctor's point of view, but also right. a point of view of somebody who's living with it every day. And so they had seen some of my migraine articles from Medium, and so they contacted me to see if I'd be interested in doing that. So I started doing that, and I do two articles a month for WebMD mm-hmm. on migraines. So that was kind of a 
that was neat because it was a paying gig, which was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still doing that. But um, And I do write a few articles now and then for National Association of Baby Boomer Women and babyboomer.org. Mm-hmm. And those those are more baby boomer related. And they like them to be kind of how-to articles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. just personal essays. But um, the thing I'm most excited about right now, actually, is what I've just started doing with you, which is writing a monthly article about lovingly parenting your parents for Inspirations for Better Living. I'm really excited about that because mom and I have been going through that swapping roles deal for several years now. and, And as her congestive heart failure progresses, I'm sure that we're going to have a lot of experiences that I know a lot of other people have Mm -hmm. had and will have. I mean, it's just something so many of us go through and I'm really excited about sharing those stories over the next, however many months (laughs) I get to write for you. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. You're so kind, but you're right. That is a topic that is huge and people don't realize it, even though when I did not have that first hand, so to speak, taking care of my mom because she lived with my sister in Malaysia. But the phone calls that I had with her, all this lasted for a couple of hours because I never hang up on her. I would let her hang up on me because she's got this laundry list, you know? Uh Well, sure. (laughs) And it was so funny. And that's how the concept of that from my mama's kitchen came on because we about 14 hours apart and so when I came home at night while I was cooking she just got through doing her gardening stuff so I'll get her on the phone while I'm cooking and we're chatting and so she's giving me this lowdown on oh guess what your sister did today (laughs) (laughs) oh I know they can really get to going on those stories oh my god it was so funny and uh, Uh it was very, very interesting but it was wonderful because is during those conversations that we connect and mm-hmm. even more, regardless of like say whether we're physically together or not. And and I've learned so much from that. And I found out that also me contributing to helping her because she would ask for my advice, right? And then that's how the concept right. of full circle comes around. I mean, interestingly yeah. enough, we are eventually going to be parenting our parents in the living way, like yeah. they're us. So, so it is a pleasure to have you contribute to the column. No question about that. And the first story is fascinating. And I invite everyone, the listeners, to check out the article in the magazine. No doubt about it. It's really, really fantastic. Coming back to walking old roads, when did that mm-hmm. inspiration come about? Well, it came about in a really weird place. It was at um, my annual eye exam. I was <laughs> sitting in the patient chair and the doctor asked me you know, the usual question, what have you been up to since I last mm-hmm. saw you? And instead of answering with, oh, you know, just the usual stuff, I told him what I'd been doing with the mm-hmm. essay writing. Yeah. And he was really really intrigued by that conversation and he just he's kind of a high energy little guy and he was Mm -hmm. just firing questions at me about it and his final questions were something like 
what are you going to do with the stories? Are you going to make a book? Is your life interesting <laughs> enough for that? <laughs> and which I know some people think that sounds really rude, but he really yeah. didn't, he didn't say it in that way. He was genuinely yeah. curious about what my plan was. Yeah. And that's when it occurred to me that I didn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. So that's really exactly what I needed to hear. So, you know, creating a book made sense. So I started mm-hmm. to um, think about how I would go about doing that with the essays. And meanwhile, he hasn't even stopped to listen to my answer. He's already talking to me about what it was like when he was a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, and I thought that right there is exactly what my stories do. Right. They make people think about their own history. Right. And they start they start reliving that sort of thing and they seem to really enjoy it. So I, I started shifting gears and delving into the idea of creating a book from my childhood essays. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. It, it evolved quite a bit after that, but yeah. but yeah, that was the beginning. That's fantastic. That's really wonderful. Why kindness needs to be rediscovered? Well, I say in the book that I fractured society, but I've not done it alone. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I and I think that's kind of my point is that I'm just an average person, and there are a lot of other people out there exactly like me, mm-hmm. and I felt like. I was losing my ability to trust other people. Yeah. And it just felt like our civility and our sense of community had been damaged, you know, by me and everybody else. And, Mm -hmm. and my hope was that the book would help me to remember how my hometown had raised me to be a kind hearted person so that I could start to repair that trust that I knew I once had in my neighborhoods and in my towns. And I think it's just, we need that now more than ever before. Yes. So true. No doubt about it. Well, over the years, again, it's part of living. Like you said, there are two separate but equal forces that govern all of our decision-making personal or business or professional, the two equal but separate forces are, Love or fear. Fear is about yeah. us, and love is about the other person. And looking through that lens of love is where kindness comes in and understanding and so forth that we're all a one, pretty much, in a way, for like a better term here. Yeah, and I just think that it, it used to be so much easier for me personally mm-hmm. to connect with other people. And, and I see that sort of thing in how my mom connects with Mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like I had lost some of the ability to do that, and I wanted to get it back. Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense. Made a lot of sense. Yeah. By the way, you're listening to From My Mom's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teachers Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to the September edition of our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine in inspirationsforbetterliving.com. 
My guest for this morning is Tammy Hader. Tammy is a Midwesterner lady who traded in her 30-year accounting career in 2018 to reinvent herself as a writer. Somehow she was able to utilize her Bachelor of Business Administration in accounting from Wichita State University to meticulously articulate and arrange the alphabet to give rise to a series of extraordinary writing projects, referred to as the bashful storyteller by one of her writing peers, Tammy writes essays about being a migraine warrior for WebMD and publishes life stories as a baby boomer for the National Association of Baby Boomers, Women, and BabyBoomer.org. Biz Catalyst 360 and Medium also publish Tammy's work. Tammy is also one of our featured experts contributor for our Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her empowering story, a 47-year-old Mother's Day gift in our Lovingly Parenting Our Parents section. Our kitchen table conversation this morning is about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Walking Old Roads, a memoir of kindness rediscovered. Tammy, please give us a synopsis of the beautifully written memoir? Okay, sure. Uh, Walking Old Roads is about my realization that it's not only the society that I see on the other side of my property lines that's grown less kind over the years. It's about me waking up one day and realizing that I personally represent the societal problem of a diminishing benevolence. I'm one of the millions of average people out there who who seem to have grown less compassionate over the years. And the kind young woman that my hometown raised me to be so many years ago just seemed to be lost. So I felt compelled to try to rediscover that lost benevolence. So I did that by retracing the steps of my youth to remember how the events and the role models of my childhood taught me to be kind-hearted and community-minded in hopes that I would be able to understand how I became that compassionate young woman who once wore a smile that she meant, and I could become that person again. Well, so that's, that pretty much written, sums up what it's about. Thank you so beautifully. much. Yeah, it's a beautiful written book, and it's a wonderful reminder. It's, life is about sometimes introspection. And mm-hmm. this is what it's all about, is looking back and see, we want to repeat the good, <laughs> learn from the right. ugly, <laughs> and correct <laughs> the bad. And so, no question about it. But let me ask you this, though. Why do you okay. think society as a whole are less kind today than we ever did before? Well... You know, I don't I don't want to point all the blame on social media mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I I actually I love technology. Right. I love it. Right. I Me too. My husband is an IT guy, so we've got <laughs> all kinds of smart things around the house. <laughs> and and I enjoy social media. I have connected with people um mm-hmm. from my past and I've connected with new people all around the world and it's just mm-hmm. it's really a neat thing. But I do think that maybe we're just a little out of balance. You know, we're spending a little too much time 
in the virtual world and not enough time connecting face to face. Right. You know, because right. when you actually hear somebody's voice and you see the look on their face and their mannerisms and that it gives you so much more information and right. so much more of an emotional connection than just an emoji on a screen. Right, right. And and so I think we've we've kind of I know for me personally I have sort of isolated myself a little bit. And the pandemic mm-hmm. didn't help with that either. Sure. You know, sure. that kind of reinforced the isolation mm-hmm. that social media had started. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're just a little out of balance. We just need to connect a little bit better in person and maybe a little less virtually. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> and things happen for a reason in the sense that life goes in one direction forward, right? And the intentions mm-hmm. are good because it's supposed to help us be more efficient, get better. Mm-hmm. And that's what technology is all about. I don't think the intention is to downgrade everything. But however, right. we live in a closed system. You cannot create order without creating disorder somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, you're right. The we somehow forget that we're in the people business in a way. Yeah. And I use the people business yeah. because we're in business, right? But but in the end, it's that nonverbal communication that speaks louder than the actual verbal stuff. Like you say, I love yeah. the fact that the facial inflection, the nervousness mm-hmm. that one gives out, the energy that you can sense that sort of respectfully saying that old kitchen table conversation kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just simple little things like, you know, you're in the grocery store and you look up and Mm -hmm. and just smile at somebody that walks by. That's right. And that could, that could make an impact that you don't even know it's making that they could, they could carry that impact out of the store and Mm -hmm. into their homes and into their workplaces and it's it's more personal and it, and it connects you. It gives you that sense mm-hmm. of community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that so that true. that we used to have in the small town for sure. I mean, everybody knew yes. everybody, right? <laughs> you know, and I kind of miss that. I right. really kind of miss that. But that's why we need people like you to write your stories and get it out there on, on the blowhorn. And again, it's not like going backwards living our life backwards but how do we integrate this into the new world that's the idea uh it's not trying to you know do a moonwalk here you know like what michael jackson did in all his (laughs) (laughs) that's not what it is it's like it's not about living in the past it's just about remembering it and and there are some good things about the past that that are worth carrying forward into the future Precisely. And this is one of it because this is about connections, uh, us living together. And the most important thing uh, over the years I've learned is that there are three basic human desires. Uh, Everyone wants to be happy, blessed, and live in abundance. And that happiness Mm -hmm. comes from that connection because that smile goes a long ways. It does. It really does. 
And if you just try it, I think mm-hmm. you'll like it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, you know, I would tell people that uh, a smile is a handshake that seldom refuse. <laughs> there you go. And I like that. That's that's that is correct. <laughs> yep, that's part of that from my mama's kitchen thing, you know. And it's like, what are you talking about? You know, smile when someone's. Got, oh yeah. Oh yes. 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 Okay. Because <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> yeah. funny because when I was growing up, it was so funny because I, uh, well, let me put it this way: the Western society, everybody. Well, I mean, not everybody, but you know, what I'm talking about where when you talk about families, mm-hmm. you know, it's uncle, auntie, you know, aunt, right, and so uh-huh. forth. And whereas in the Asian culture, the the Chinese culture, believe it or not, you have the first uncle on the father's side, the first uncle on the mother's side, and the second uncle. uh, It's almost like, let me put it this way, third cousin twice removed, and they got titles (laughs) for it. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, family's big there then. Yeah, Yeah, but, but you see over here, oh, Tammy, uh, meet your cousin John. Uh, Tammy, meet your cousin Eva. You, you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. This is there. Meet your cousin, third cousin, twice <laughs> removed on that side of the family. It's like, and they got a title for it. And it's like, are you kidding me? I, yeah, I hate to go to family gathering because I don't remember the oh. title. <laughs> so I would sit quietly well, in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be hard. Yeah. And, and you know, so it was so funny because people would think, you know, like, okay, maybe what, he doesn't like us or something, or this is a quiet oh, kid, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so my mom would say, you know, well, smile, you know, just be quiet, but smile, at least smile. smile. <laughs> yeah. And that way they know you're having fun and you're happy and likable. And yeah, it says a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really funny. I, I, I don't think it's happening the same way now, but before it was crazy. Just my sister and I the other day were talking about that. And I was like, do you still remember twice, uh, you know, third cousin twice removed on this side of the family versus that side? And they had two different titles, you know, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's really crazy. It's really crazy. But anyway, coming back to your beautiful book, how did the various photos included in the book contribute to your happiness? Oh, the photos. Yeah, I do love those old photos. They uh, they spark a lot of memories of youthfulness, mm-hmm. and and they they also remind me of that sense of community that was prevalent during mm-hmm. the decades of my childhood. And, I can look at those pictures and I can feel how I belonged yeah. to, you know, yeah. to my family and to my friends and to my hometown and and the photos I also found were a way to um bridge a connection between mom and I in mm-hmm. our conversations mm-hmm. about yes. the life that we had shared and it was really fascinating to share each of our perspectives of the You're same right. moment in time because she had insights that you know i didn't know about when i was a kid because i didn't know the adult things that were going on but i can look back at those moments as an adult and she can share her perspective and i can relate to it so much better and Mm -hmm. so those those pictures could be just the spark of really special memories right right that's beautiful what is the greatest challenge in shifting from an 
analytical thinking standpoint of view to a storytelling mindset for you? Um, I kind of had two different challenges, I think. The first thing that I had to overcome was getting past the idea that the two paths were quite different, so Mm -hmm. I might not be able to do it. Um, And when I really got into it and you think about it, they're more alike than you might think. Um, Mm -hmm. Financial statements tell a story of a specific time period based on the collection of information. Right. And so the story is told in the form of primarily numbers rather than words, but the underlying idea is similar in that you're collecting thoughts and turning those thoughts into something meaningful, like a meaningful story. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as different as I first thought it might be. And so that kind of gave me the confidence to keep going. Um, but it's probably the biggest challenge was dealing with the emotional impact of the mm-hmm. writing. So when I, when I really get into that writing zone, I immerse myself in the memory like it's a, a scene. Right. You know, so I, you know, how it looked, how it smelled, how it sounded, how it <laughs> felt. I mean, you're just thinking about all of those sensory elements of that memory when you're trying to write about it. Did you want to convey that to the reader? And that kind of emotional connection to your history can be a little intense at times. So there were a few Kleenexes that came into play <laughs> here and there. Um, well, and of course, and other things are, you know, make you mm-hmm. laugh. And yes. so it, it was a, quite an emotional ride, which I'm not sure that I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a challenge. Well, speaking about those emotions and the flavor, the feeling, love the inclusion of recipes in the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a very nice touch. It was really interesting. And uh, I'm looking at the peach cobbler here. I love the oh. ingredients and then the chocolate mm. halfway cake cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are very good too. Yeah, I do love food. And, I, and you know, with mom and, and mm-hmm. grandma Maggie being my biggest role models, I spent a lot of time yeah. in the kitchen with them. So, right, right. So, yeah, that, that was a big part of life. People, we take things for granted, but the kitchen somehow is the heart of every home. People know that, but we mm-hmm. take it for granted because that's where we can really have hot to hot conversations. Uh, I don't know about you, but when you get called into the living room with your first middle name and last name, you're in trouble. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's never a good thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. You'd much rather be in the kitchen. There you go. There you go. You know, and kind of go in there and trying to taste the current be one of the taste testers. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. And so it makes a big difference. I loved my little easy bake oven too. That was, (laughs) that was a big thing. (laughs) So that's really (laughs) wonderful. But people, like I say, again, we are taking things for granted now and we don't, it's the small little things that actually contribute to the big things. And that's where true connections are made during the small moments, actually. That's what it's all about. When yeah, did, I, yeah I, I agree. When did you conceive the memoir series concept? Um, you know, I think I didn't really 
start thinking about it until I started putting walking old roads together. Mm-hmm. And I knew pretty quickly into it that there was just too much material for only one book. Mm-hmm. So I started kind of an outline at that point. I started an outline about where I wanted the story to go. And that allowed me to split the storyline into specific segments mm-hmm. that I think are going to flow quite well from one book to another. So see that analytical mind of mine came mm-hmm. in handy for that little task. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That really is. But now, again, I detect a sense of joy in your tone. And so when you were doing the numbers, the love for numbers when you were in high school, college, and at work in a way, uh, I always tell people a career is a hobby that you do and you get paid for it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, and versus yeah. a job is something you do to pay bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ideally, yes. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, um, that connection with, you have, yeah. It was, it was not really that much fun for me, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> other than puzzles. I liked doing the puzzles of uh-huh. the math. Yeah, that yeah. was very satisfying. Right, right. But right. um but I really didn't miss it when I retired, <laughs> not even for a moment. <laughs> well, I mean you made a, a that's a shift though, don't get me wrong, because before you were mm-hmm. very excited because there are moments I'm sure when you especially when you got into a new account. Uh it is numbers, right? But then like mm-hmm. you say, the puzzle. Hmm. Let me find out what's the deal is, you know, like this. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, You can't, you can run, but you can't hide. (laughs) Uh Yeah. And I enjoyed helping people. If what I could mm do, you know, would point them in the direction of how they can increase profits or or manage their expenses better then it was, Mm -hmm. it was helping somebody. And I always enjoyed helping. Wonderful. How do you make writing fun? Um, you know, I think that what's been the most fun about the writing process is looking back at the past with someone else. Mm-hmm. So sitting down at the table and and reminiscing with mom and just asking her questions about um, whatever particular aspect of the past I was writing about, those conversations were so much fun. And you know, and I had the same kind of conversations with my brother when I was writing Walking Old Roads. And and I really enjoyed those conversations. And just recently, I got together with a, a high school friend. And we mm-hmm. spent hours looking over photos and yearbooks and newspaper wow. articles as we reminisced about our high school days. And And that's some of the legwork that I'm doing for the second book was talking to her and it was just so much fun. And it was really interesting that we learned things about each other that we weren't aware of back then. Right. And that has been one of the most fun things about writing the books. Very, very interesting. That's really wonderful. Do you see walking old roads as a classroom for lessons learned for the readers? I hope so. As I do see it as a bit of a life lessons type of book. Mm-hmm. And I think each person who reads the book will find 
their own specific meaning in it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I I think that that my writing kind of opens the door to the reader's own history and it leaves room for right. the reader to remember where they came from and remind them of who they are meant to be. So I hope it's something that people can use as a, a life lessons tool. Wonderful. That's very exciting. Where can someone go to get more information about you? Buy your book and keep up with your latest happenings. Well, the the best place to go, I guess, would be my website, which is TammyHater.com. Um, and all the information is there. Um, the book is available in hardback, paperback, and ebook, and it can be found at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Walmart.com. Um, and all of that information is on the website, along with um, information about podcasts, past podcasts, current ones, um, book signings, all of those kind of things are all on the website, TammyHater.com. Fantastic. What advice can you give someone contemplating a dive into writing, whether a midlife shift or just wanting the pen to do all the talking? Um, A couple of things come to mind. First of all, don't expect the first thing you write down to be perfect right out of the (laughs) gate. Just get the idea out of your head and onto paper or into a computer Um, whether it's in the form of a story outline or Mm -hmm. entry into a journal or writing a first draft adjustments to polish it up can come later, but just, just get the idea out there. And the other piece of advice that I would give is to read a lot of different styles of writing and pay attention to what you like and what you don't like about what you're reading. Um, You can learn how to incorporate those techniques than into your own writing voice. For instance, I write nonfiction, but I mm-hmm. learned a great deal about descriptive writing from reading fiction and poetry. Mm-hmm. So exposing yourself to those different writing styles is a great way to study writing techniques and help you develop a voice that the reader can hear. And that's really important. If the reader can hear your voice, they're going to connect with you better. Right, right. That's beautifully put. How has your writing journey impacted you? Well, it's it's kind of it's impacted me in some surprising ways. Mm-hmm. Of course, I went into it being hopeful that I would become a kinder person again. But what I didn't <laughs> realize is that I would have a better understanding of what it means to have faith. Mm-hmm. Because if you and I were playing a word association game. Before mm-hmm. I wrote the book and you asked me to tell you the first word to pop into my head when you say the word faith, I would have immediately mm-hmm. said religion. Mm-hmm. And I would have told you that I wouldn't use the word faith in describing myself mm-hmm. because I'm not a very religious person mm-hmm. in the sense of organized religion. Right. But during the process of writing the book, I discovered that I have a lot more faith than I ever thought I had. Right. You know, because faith is more than just religion. Faith is loyalty and Mm -hmm. sincerity of intention. And it's belief in something for which you have no proof. 
Right. Right. So it it, re- it requires a great deal of trust, and trust is a key component to benevolence. So as mm-hmm. as I'm learning to uh, rediscover my benevolence, I'm also learning how to be more trusting. And and in fact, in the book, I describe my grandma Maggie as having the kind of faith that extends beyond the pages of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that I started seeing in myself as I was writing the book. Right, right, right. And, and one of and, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I just I was very surprised by that. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was going to be one of the consequences of writing the book, and and I'm quite pleased that mm-hmm. that has happened. Very, very interesting. That's really wonderful. One of the things that come to mind when you talk about faith, I tell people, you're right, because faith, normally people associate it with religion and whatnot. From a spiritual standpoint of view as a whole, like say faith, the word faith in itself, faith is also history. Faith is looking back at, remember the time you did this, 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 and you just went ahead and did it, right? And then how did it work for up? Mm-hmm. Worked out very well, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, huh? That's faith. So now, situation comes up, and it's putting you on the spot. Are you going to have faith? <laughs> so faith is right. history. <laughs> right. It yeah, is. So, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, and I think looking back at the people who influenced me in my youth, yeah. They were far from perfect, but they mm-hmm. knew how to be part of a community, and they understood yeah. the importance of contribution and forgiveness and how mm-hmm. to be content with life and how to trust the people around them. And though I think that's maybe a little more difficult to do today, it's, uh, I think remembering the world of yesterday helps us yeah. to see that possibility in today. Right. Well, we can if we live in the moment, yeah. because that way you are doing and everything your focus is in the moment. What should I do right now? Forget about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Forget about yesterday, because my actions in all actuality, what I do today creates my tomorrow and the other yeah. person's tomorrow, to be honest with you. And that's the difference, yeah. like you say. And so uh, if we were worried about, and, and this is a classic human thing, what do we do? We marinate about the past, we fantasize about tomorrow, but we never live in today. Yeah. And those simple acts of kindness can make such mm-hmm. a big difference in today. There you go. No doubt about it. What is next for you? Well, I'm about halfway through writing the second book of the memoir mm-hmm. series. And I've started planning out the third one. Um, and I'm, of course, focusing a lot of time on marketing, walking old roads. So get mm-hmm. out there and buy it. <laughs> hey, y'all need to buy it. It's really a good book. I, you know, it's interestingly enough, in the life of being practical, and, and I'll be the first one to say because my book is about 155 pages or so, to the point, you know, get it. And then... Even though it's storytelling and there's storytelling, if that makes sense. Your book is not at all because it's a lot of pages, over 200 pages or so, right? But mm-hmm. right. what the beauty of it is a, it's a page turner. To me, that's what makes a book, whether it's less than 150 pages or even 400 pages for that matter. 
is it a page turner? Your right. book is. And that's what makes well, it exciting. You. And also, most importantly, and it's just not all words for 500 page. Per se. Of course, your, your book is only 250 or so. But my point is you have those beautiful photos to complement. And it's a moment of introspection for ourselves, the reader. That's what mm-hmm. makes a good book. I agree. And I really hope that mine is that for a lot of people. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. By the way, as we come close to the end of the hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Um, sure. Um, I think the best thing I could say is just look up and make connections with people standing right in front of you. Um, I know if I lift up my eyes and I connect with the people right in front of me, the possibility of civility is there. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would say put down the cell phone, send some kindness beyond the clicking of an emoji. And I think you'll be surprised by how good it feels to be part of a community. Right, right, right. And the greatest intimidation, too, I think a lot of people, like you say, coming back to that smile, where, okay, uh, or even I remember this growing up, uh, or when I first got to the United States, when someone, a lady would say, well, have a blessed day. And I'm like, uh-oh, is she trying to convert me or something? <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized that, when she said that it's from her, she's really trying to bless me. And then it's about mm-hmm. the person who is saying it because she's sharing that. So it's not yeah. who cares about how the, the person's going to receive it because it is about you. If you smile, it creates something in you. If you do mm-hmm. an act of kindness, that's who you are. It's got nothing to do with the other person. Yeah. And it can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if you can't see it, it can make a difference. Oh, no doubt about it. And I love your recipe for living from that standpoint of view. So I love it. Tammy, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Wednesday morning, October 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels and the Miraculous, 101 Inspiring Stories of Faith, Miracles, and Answered Prayers. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to talkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Tammy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. Thank you so much. I have really enjoyed this. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.